overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Good evening, and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Tonight, we have a special guest, Laura. Is it me? It's not you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to articulate because it's not Laura, but Lauren. Yes. Lauren Downs is with us so tonight. So glad you're here. I yeah. know. So I think, Lauren, I don't think I met you at that women's retreat unless you were in like Emily, Emily's small group then. But how did you, did you just randomly end up in that if Bible study with me a couple years ago? Oh gosh, I don't remember. Or were you a friend to somebody? Like, cause we're, weren't, you were never a teacher, right? No. But you were in that first Bible study I did, that if one Here. with like Emily and Elizabeth. Yes. And Catherine Lanig. And, and Catherine Lanig. That's that, how I you met were the, all. Oh, that, that was how you met yes. us all? And okay. I don't know. Oh, you're, we're, no, you're, no, Alicia had another friend. It wasn't you, right? You weren't. Alicia. Yes, oh, that so was I how. I think she invited me here. Okay. And then and we both got pregnant and, and yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it was sick. like you were Alicia's friend. So yes. that's how you ended up coming. So you were here the time that I made Catherine Lanning super uncomfortable oh, yeah. about the eyelashes. <laughs> In Mexico. <laughs> In Mexico. You need to go downtown <laughs> and, at nighttime. No. Go to the pharmacasia. And buy me some Latisse. And she was like, I mean, you, yeah, she, I, her you, body language was like, uh, yeah, this you, girl. If the chair could have swallowed Catherine Lanig alive, I think I she would have. I just heard about the story. Make a chair to swallow me. It sounds funny. like office worthy. I was intensely, cringe. it was that chicken pecking um, thing of the seven of like, yes. you are, you are the barrier between me and Latisse. Yes. yes. And then I went on to, I mean, I don't know if we want to call this Catherine Lanig's fault. I'm using air quotes. <laughs> I don't know if we have to lay blame, but if we're going to lay blame, it might be with Catherine Lanig that I got into like an internet duping scheme, trying to buy my own. And tried to rope me into it. <laughs> I, did, I, did, well. I did try to rope you. Well, that's because when I was talking about trying to get the Latisse for my eyelashes, you're like, I would see that there was something wrong with my eyelashes <laughs> yes. that needed your kidney. Yeah. Anyway, I got into some Canadian pharmacy yes. thing that ended up not being a Canadian pharmacy, but some kind of scam where they ended up texting me where it was like an individual persons ended oh. up texting me you know it was it was a whole thing and oh anyway I never got the Latisse from that source <laughs> I like that I never have to share humiliating stories about you that's how you know I'm a seven and not a three I tell you my humiliation here is my shame oh there you go I'm incapable yep. of hiding it right, oh I right love it is, is there any other way <laughs> There, yeah, there's no other way. There are other ways. But yeah, I guess so. Some people just keep it to themselves. So should we um, talk to our guests now? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. How are you, Lauren? I'm great. Thank you for being here. Of course. It's been um, a crazy day already. So. Yeah, yeah. We did get a, uh, a text about 6.30 yep. saying, I'm stranded at Target. 
There would be worse places to be sure than yeah, they yeah. are. That, that's, you can get a Starbucks. You can get your child an icy. So, so better dinner. Strand, stranded during rush hour at Target with a child, yeah. and you still made it to the podcast. I she did. sure did. I was like, honestly, I was like, Satan, you're trying to keep me away from that, and that's not going to happen tonight, so we're doing it. Well, that's good. So. Well, we're glad you're yeah. here. I am I'm too. Impressed. It's fun. We I even gave you an out, and you you did. You stuck to it, so I you am did. Very so why impressed. don't you give us kind of a brief bio, who you are, what you do, who your family is, where you're from, that sort of thing. Okay, so I am from Arlington, right down the road. I have a brother, Michael. He's older than me, and um, I have two kids. I have Lillian, who will be four in September, and Davis, who is eighteen months this week. Sweet, oh sweet. I know it's crazy. It's That's going crazy. fast. Um, my husband Corey. We've been married actually next Monday for eight years. Um, we've known each other for nine, and. That's right. I stay home with my kids now. I quit my job two years ago. Lillian was almost two when I quit. So um, I stay home with both of them. And it's busy right I now. I bet it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me now. So um, do you want me to talk about like growing up or anything? Or what? That's up to you. I, I would like to know how you um, came to know Jesus. Okay. So, um, well, that'll came, take me back to my backstory. Yeah, let, um, let's hear the backstory, the backstory. Um, So, my mom and dad, they are divorced. I come from a split family. Um, my mom became a believer a year before I was born. So, my brother was three. And she calls it her Lazarus moment. Like, it completely mm-hmm. raised her from the dead. Um, so, I was born... And my parents divorced at 11, but they were already separated the whole time. And I had a mom, I have a mom that's a prayer warrior. And so she literally said, she's told me several times, the Holy Spirit raised me and my brother because she knew she couldn't do it on her own. Mm. So she has an inch thick prayer book that she still goes through and checks off the prayers that were answered. Um, And she said... When I was in my crib, she would go in with her face in her Bible on the ground, laying down, and just pray the word over me and my brother. And um, with that being said, uh, when I went to church camp, I feel like it all always happens at church camp. At 11, I was completely transformed. And I was that kid that carried my Bible around the hallways. (laughs) I don't know if you'd get in trouble for that now, but, you know, and uh, did see at the pole, all that stuff. So, um but I didn't have typical split parents. Uh, they did it very, very well. Uh, they co-parented very well. My, We did all holidays together. We went on road trips together. We did vacations together. They made a vow that their relationship was separate from their relationship with me and my brother. So if anybody could give a lesson on co-parenting, it'd be my parents. I've never yeah. seen them argue. Um, they... They did a phenomenal job. I do have to give them kudos for that. Um, I even tell friends that are, are going through their divorce, I was like, hey, if you do this, this, and this, like my parents, everything will be okay. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, I do have to give my hat off to them. So That's amazing. It was, and they did a really good job. My mom, I mean, there's a lot of things that oh, I couldn't imagine being a single mom. I just mm-hmm. couldn't. And there's a lot of things she says to say, I could have done this better and this better and this better. I was like, Mom, you did the best thing for me, and that's pray for me and mm-hmm. pray for me and my brother's salvation. And mm-hmm. um, I, I couldn't have asked. And she was my the one I leaned on and asked about God and all these questions. She was just so full of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, yeah, well, we did all this for me, and then I went to church camp and became a Christian. <laughs> You didn't even get to be there for yes, it. Yes, no, I know. That's really neat. I know. Yeah, that's really neat. <laughs> that's really neat. Yeah. That sounds like a two speaking I over there. I was saying <laughs> did it, Didn't that, that sound, mother... I mean, as fellow two twos in the room with me, didn't that sound a little two-ish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how I suffer. <laughs> I have prayed and prayed for you. Do I not deserve this one moment? <laughs> I don't know what my mom is either. I'm still trying to figure it out. She's. Re- I gave her the book. Has oh, she read it? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I need to ask her. But um, well, yeah. you said you became an, a Christian at 11. Was it smooth sailing from then? As far as faith, I know. Never doubted. Always, like, or, or do you feel like there was another moment where it became more solidified or yeah, season? So starting from 11 to end of high school, I basically, I sheltered myself. So, um, or the Holy Spirit. My mom didn't go to church. I don't know why she's mentioned to me before. Like she was always afraid of false preaching. And I think she was just maybe had a lot of fear. I don't know. I I need to ask her that again. So I, she would drop me off and I basically immersed myself in church. And so I think in high school and stuff, it's kind of easy kind of to shelter yourself too. Um, maybe that's just my story, but, um, then when I went to college is kind of when my faith started getting a little tested. So, um, I, I feel like that's also a typical story, mm-hmm. but, um, so when I went off to college, one of the things my mom prayed for me, and some people think it's so crazy. She prayed that I would not have a boyfriend until I graduated high school. <laughs> and it was, so I would be rooted in who I was. And so mm-hmm. I actually, that's the very thing I'm probably going to pray for my daughter or if she has a boyfriend or whatever that she goes through heartbreak well and you know mm-hmm. the whole thing but my mom she just really wanted me to be solid in who I was and confident in who I was and so I went off to college I met a boy and fell madly in love with him and um he was this cowboy i was really into cowboys uh <laughs> and uh which is so funny because Corey's from west texas but he's so not cowboy <laughs> like he's so far from it but um fell in love with this guy and we ended up getting engaged i was 19 20 at the time when we got engaged um yeah. very young and i knew in the back of my mind, even though I loved this guy that, um, and he was a good guy, uh, that it wasn't what God wanted for me. But I, being a two, her being young and all these things, I couldn't break up with him. It was so hard. So I started getting on my knees, literally by my bedside and said, Lord, I need you to hurt me. You really have to hurt me. This guy has to do something to break me. So I have the courage to do it. And I did that for about three to four months. I was just on my knees, diligent. And sure enough, six weeks before we were supposed to go down the aisle, he hurt me. And um, I was supposed to, I was sending out my invitations that week. And my mom came into town. I was in college station. And my mom came into town. And instead of the invitations, I sent out um, a letter to everybody saying, because I've had all my showers at this point. Oh, Everything. I had, I had to send back all those gifts. The only thing, my dad's such a good businessman, the only thing I didn't get back was the dress. So we got the place and the catering and all the, so, um, but on the letter it said, uh, we prayed and prayed about the date and in return the Lord said, wait. And so, um, 
it was embarrassing. I was young. I was 20, 21, 21 probably by this point. I got off social media because I didn't want to be a the center of gossip. That means that Lauren is young enough that social media existed when she was 21. I just have to say that out loud because I don't I have even... to say out loud I may or may not have gotten my first cell phone at 21, but it's fine. <laughs> it was 2004, I think I got a Facebook account. Oh, yeah, and that, was, oh, that would have been... Yeah. That, that is been... so hard to walk through. Yeah. It, it was really hard. And but you now walked I through got... it with a poem. You sent yeah, out I a did. poem. Bam. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. It's a kid's little poem. That's how young I was. Yeah. You know what? My was, poem would have said, like, I kind of prayed about it. <laughs> I fell on my face. Well, I lived <laughs> that story my senior year in college. Oh, I did? lived that story, and we just didn't get married. Yeah. yeah. And it was crickets. But <laughs> yeah. I had not sent out, I had not sent out invitations. I did have showers. I did oh, return gosh. those oh, gifts. Man. It was, yeah. But you I mean, you did or did not return the I gifts? I kept them all, and I'm living happy with oh. them. No, I returned them. See, what do you think? <laughs> Which is why I had to clarify. Yeah, no, I did return the gifts. I did not send out a cute telling to people. I just, I just, it was a small town and people knew. Yes. I just. Well, it's, it's, was it embarrassing? Like, what did you go through? Like, it was like a grieving. No, it was, a, it was a point of pride for me. Lauren. No, I know, but you <laughs> yes, know, like. Yes, embarrassing would be, to put it lightly, because I think more than embarrassing, and this is like maybe. I don't know if this is sevenness or just maybe human nature. I'm doing a move that I think maybe is making Laura no, laugh. No, I'm just but, laughing at the whole interaction. But <laughs> I, for me, there was some level of like, I don't like to be wounded publicly. Oh yeah. So I mean, not just not just like there's something embarrassing about it, but also like, I it's it's bad enough that I have to hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to do it publicly. I right. really don't want other people to see me in pain. I think it magnifies my pain sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so, I, I mean, it was really, yeah, it was, well, I mean, it humiliating. You feel like you failed at something. Yes. Yeah, it felt, and, and, and then everybody's. Yeah, and yeah, there's something like, I'm almost like, I can't be real with you about it because it's even more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of have to feel, and, and again, that may be the seven, but I imagine a two would be the same way. Like mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I'm being upbeat about something that is devastating. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you're grieving through. Yeah. And I'm grieving through it. And it's like, it's just weird and awkward. It's and, weird. Yeah. But now looking back, on, I'm so proud of myself. And then you, mm-hmm. you hear of these stories of these engagements breaking up and you just want to be like, cheer them on like do you know what you did you ended something that was not from the lord like be proud like that's awesome you know and so i i mean 21 you were 21 Mm -hmm. i was 21 that's a big deal for 21 year olds doing that and so now looking back on that i was like thank you lord when i met Corey, the day i met Corey, Corey and i told each other the second day we knew each other we were gonna get married he told me that he needed 10 groomsmen and sure enough he did have 10 groomsmen Mm -hmm. but um I bawled. I came home bawling because I was like, thank you for saving me from a big mistake. Mm. And so I just, so if there's any girls out there that, you know, if they're going through a relationship or whatever, just pray about it. And I think, 
I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, think I've been able to tie in the Bible study to every podcast so far. Are you going to do it? I am. Here we go. That's Beth Moore, breaking free. She's coming in. Tonight, her little talk in the video that we watched was just, was that saying, if you're seeing your baggage and you're seeing his baggage and you're both about to take that into marriage. Mm-hmm. Run. Yes. Like, run away. Mm-hmm. Or at least postpone it. They could have done a cute little rhyme, like, wait. <laughs> just say it again. It. No, st- you have to say it again. I love it. Say no. it one more time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Oh, we prayed and prayed about the date, and in return, the Lord said, wait. <laughs> I love it. I think if Beth Moore. I clap. I almost, oh, sorry, Kyle. I know. It was Laura clapping. It was Laura. Um, oh, I was he re- in there listening? No, but, oh. she, but when he, whenever he oh, sees, yes. he can see it on the image, and oh. anyway... I've been accused, some somewhat righteously accused of clapping. <laughs> Turns out I do clap during the during I didn't the. Think I did, but <laughs> apparently I know. I know. It, Laura then Laura's like, yes, you do clap. Well, now this time it was Laura. It was Laura. Sorry. Anywho, I feel like if we wrote Beth Moore, that she might add it to her Breaking Three Part Three when she refilms it again when, to j- update her hairstyle. About uh, to update her hairstyle about the poem. Yes, I think she would add that. Don't you feel like she would add that? I think that might be something that that feels like something Beth would include. Well, you know what's funny is Beth Moore's husband Keith is my mom's cousin. Okay, I want to see what Keith looks like, so I bet you can find a picture of him on social media for me later. I'll ask my mom. Type in Beth Moore and Keith into Google, and I I know I desperately wanted to see Google box. (laughs) Not right now. You're getting distracted in your phone. I know. I really want to see what Keith. It's been. It's happened before. (laughs) This isn't that. That you know, like I've called you out in front of guests, but not usually live. You can edit it out later if it's that big of a deal. It's not. Remember, we already publicly show all of my shame. That's what what we do. It's how we do being authentic. (laughs) Well, so it sounds like that is a a definitely an experience, a big experience that Mm -hmm. God brought you through. Yes. Um, But in our pre-talk about the podcast, you said there were three things that had come up for you. Is that one of them, or are there three additional things? That's probably. Okay, that's the first. Mm-hmm. And, and this, we're talking about things that have been like struggles or tough times that God has brought you through yes. and met mm-hmm. you there. And has really taught me things about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably my first. And what did you learn about yourself there, Lauren? That God will answer your prayer. I prayed to be hurt, mm-hmm. and he did. He knew that's what I needed, and I prayed mm-hmm. that. And... Um, I didn't have to have, it taught me 100%. Like if you are so rooted in your faith in him, he's going to take care of you and he's going to show up. Like, I think sometimes we don't think he's there, but he's so loud if you just let him be, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And another thing that it taught me, and I think a lot of us struggle with this is if you let your identity shift just a tiny bit from being truly rooted in him, you're going to feel so off. You know what I'm saying? Like I was Lauren, I can say his name, Tyler's fiance. Mm -hmm. And I just kept saying, I want to be Lauren, the one that loves Jesus, the daughter of a king like that. I kept telling my, I think it's in my journal. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be known as this. And I think that for women, our identity for anybody, our identity is wife, mother, da, 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 da. And I feel like for me, just a couple of weeks ago, I was like, am I really a good friend? And like Aaron always reminds us, Satan puts a question mark where Mm -hmm. God puts a period 
But so whenever my identity starts to just get shifted a little bit is when my insecurities and everything start flowing. So I learned that I have to be rooted in my identity and my identity is in him. And if you hit your knees and you're diligent in prayer and just have 100% faith, Mm -hmm. which is so hard for us, um, maybe not for others, but it is hard for me. But um, he shows up big, you know, and he saved me from such a huge Huge right. thing, and God didn't cause the hurt. No, he, he allowed it. it. Mm-hmm. Yes, he allowed it, and of course, he doesn't cause. Yes, but he did. He allowed my the prayer, and it gave me the courage. Like when I broke up with this guy, y'all, I was smiling, mm. like because this wave of peace came over me. I was like, oh my gosh, we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think you probably thought I was the biggest jerk because mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there smiling like yay you know. But... So is she a strong believer in Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah. or a sociopath? Exactly. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Who knows? That might be questionable. <laughs> well, you you're you're talking and um you're talking about God speaking to you and how he how he's like how he is he's there if you hear him like mm-hmm. if you have ears to hear um and it's reminding me of this Towser quote um. God is speaking, not God spoke, but God is speaking. He is by his nature continuously articulate. He fills the world with his speaking voice. Oh yes, uh, it, it, and I I've, I can t- cannot even tell you how many times I've experienced exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Where these times where I feel like, is he there? Is he like he's? And it's like no, I am filling this with noise. Stop. Mm-hmm. Sit. Yes, he yeah. is speaking. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so true. Like it, I tell Corey sometimes that I tell him that, and then I sometimes I'm like, "Hey, just you know, as humans, we want to control." And I just tell him like, "Hey, just loosen the reins just a little bit, and just watch what happens." And it's so true. I know. I know. Like sometimes we feel like God's not there. I don't know. Maybe it was the prayer that Mom always said, like the Holy Spirit raised me. I feel like, you know, I've in my life I felt lonely at some points, but I never felt alone. Mm. You know, and so I told my mom that the other day. I was like, Mom, you said the Holy Spirit raised us. And I said, you know, I've always really felt that he had me, you know, and he had, he's, he did, you know. And so um, that one thing that she says, it's just always a reminder to me, like, I don't know. I just, I'm very grateful for a mom that did that for me. So, so you had some other experiences you wanted to share with us? So... The last two were probably my hardest and my most recent. Um, So my mom's been this rock. Okay, rewind. I come back to Dallas. Never thought I'd be back in Dallas ever. Uh, I just, I was from Arlington. I thought Dallas honestly was a little too uppity for me. I actually, right before I met Corey, I was about to move to Austin. I just was more of a hippie in spirit. (laughs) That sounds weird, but I just, I I don't know. I just, the materials and everything just flooded Dallas and it just didn't look so pleasing to me. I don't get what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand what you're talking (laughs) about? So, which is fine if that's somebody's thing, but you know, but it just, as a college kid that just broke off this engagement, I just never wanted to come back. But I was sitting at a kitchen table at my grandmother's house and there we go again, a voice, like the loudest thing said, you need to be go, go home with your dad, go live with your dad. And I'm like, no way. I'm not going back to Dallas. Like this, there's no way, but it was so loud and so clear. And so I did a couple months later, I packed up and I went home and come to find out that my dad was really, really struggling with alcohol, like Mm -hmm. bad. And 
I would try to explain to my brother. He's like, he's fine. He's fine. I was like, no, it's, this is bad. And you could just feel the weight if, whenever you'd be in the house. And so it was uh, just you and your dad. My roommate ended up coming with me. She lived in the spare and I ended up telling her, I said, Hey, I think this is a battle that I need to be in and not you. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up moving out because, okay. um, it, it, there was definitely a spiritual battle going on. As soon as I got there, I felt, um, it was very heavy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, fast forward a little bit. I came to a point where I was about to just kind of pack up my bags and go stay with my mom for a few days. And my dad lives in Addison. And, um, I went to tell him, I was like, dad, you know, I respect you. I love you so much. Like my dad's such a good guy. And so he's a wonderful man. Anybody that you ask, he's so amazing. He's been coming to church a few times. So, um, he's out of town a lot. He travels a lot for work, but I was like, dad, I think I'm gonna have to leave for a while. And he pointed at the door and there was a packed bag and he went to a, a dry out program. And, um, dad, since then, I mean, he socially, he's one of the very few that can, um, he was just a rugby player and that's what he knew. And I think Mm -hmm. it just, the relationship kind of changed, but, um, the relationship with alcohol. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think for him. And so now it's a different relationship. It's a healthy relationship, but he did, he, um, didn't touch alcohol for several years. And, uh, so I'm very proud of him in that. So, that's amazing. So that's my dad. Yes. Very amazing. Um, so fast forward a couple years. This was 2014. Um, my mom has always been the rock, strong Christian. I mean, unbelie- unbelievable in her faith. Like, you can ask anybody. Some things start to come out about her, and then my mom starts struggling very, very badly with alcohol. Um, and this was in August of 2014. Um, it was devastating. It was because she was my best friend. And so this was going on. I get pregnant with my daughter and the kind of alcoholism that my mom struggled with. Um, she would become anorexic. Mm. And so she would be frail and gray. Like I've never seen somebody with no color. And she, it was it caused so much anxiety in my life because I couldn't fix it. Mm. As like twos, I feel like we want to people please and fit kind of like fix things and make everybody happy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And a therapist pointed out that I went to counseling and they helped me so much realizing some things. But, um, so I was going through this while pregnant with my daughter and it just struck yes. anxiety. I've never experienced, I've never experienced anxiety until this started happening. And, um, so it was just constantly with you. you. You felt like something was just wrong off. It's your mom and best friend and just things I was waiting, right in your world. Right. They weren't right. It was my first pregnancy, mm-hmm. my first kid. And, um, yes, I just, I was waiting for the phone call for somebody to call me and said, your mom is dead. And I just, it devastated me. Mm-hmm. It absolutely rocked my world. And here's my husband, like, he, he didn't know what to do because he just saw how devastated I was. And um, I learned a lot about myself during that, too, because for me, when somebody's going through a hard time, now I'm different, but I feel like I'm a coach. Come on, guys. You know, mm-hmm. like, pull up your bootstraps mm-hmm. and we can do it. You know, mm-hmm. like, and so I learned a lot with both my parents because that's what I was like with them. I didn't understand addiction. Mm-hmm. And, but now going through that with them, I understand it better. And that's not, 
you can't do that with addiction. It's not just like pull up your bootstraps and put right. down a bottle. You know, mm-hmm. it's nothing like that. And um, it's a totally different thing. And so especially for my mom. And my mom's dad died at a very young age for her. Well, I was nine. A pancreatic cancer. I mean, by the time they found out, he was dead in four weeks. And mm-hmm. it just ripped her to shreds. And then my parents and all these different elements for her. And it just... Satan's an opportunist, just like Beth Moore said his book. Aaron quoted that not too long ago, and he saw the opportunity, and he dove right in, and he he tried to swallow her whole. Mm-hmm. And but she, so I got pregnant with my daughter when I had Lily, and all this was still going on, and I ended up having postpartum anxiety, really bad, really really bad, and um, not to the point of like psychosis or hospitalization or anything like that, mm-hmm. but it was. It was terrible. It was so terrible. It was... I, I walked through my hell. That was mm-hmm. my hell. Um, I. It breaks my heart when people go through it, but I have been able to use it for mm-hmm. friends and for some other people. Um, so the scripture I prayed over myself was 1 Corinthians 2.16. It's, I have the mind of Christ. Like, I had to constantly change my mind. And I was never sad. I was never depressed. I loved my little girl. I just was filled with anxiety of not being able to protect her. Maybe that stems from not being able to protect my mom. I don't know. But um, just that the worst things would happen to her. And God revealed to me that I was worried about these things because, you know, I was worried about these things happening to her. You mm-hmm. hear of these stories all the time. And it just, it it ate me up. And so um, I remember one time I was like, Lord, the rapture can happen right now. And I'd be okay with it. You know, mm-hmm. we'd be, I, everybody knows take that believes. Home. Yeah, take mm-hmm. me home. Let's go. And um, so all that was going on. Um, I learned that I was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a great team of women. Like I, I really went to a counselor that specialized in postpartum. Um, I went to a psychiatrist. We, I ended up not being on medication with Lillian. Um, that she went through a similar story. And she's a Christian. And... I, I it just, uh, the Lord opened so many doors for me that from Christian women were telling me I was normal and you're okay and you're going to get through it. And so, um, I, I love the team that was placed before me and, um, I learned a lot. So my mom's been sober for four years now. So oh, three, wow. three and a half, almost four. So the Holy Spirit revealed to her that, Hey, you're about to die. That's not my call for you. That's mm-hmm. not my will for you. And so she, um, she hasn't touched it since. So, wow. so, so those are two things wrapped up in like one time is I mm-hmm. had my mom going through all that with her and, uh, going through that with Lillian. It was, mm-hmm. it was tough. It was really tough. I think that time, uh, postpartum anxiety, depression, it's already kind of an isolating time. You're mm-hmm. figuring out motherhood. You're, I mean, whether or not you're nursing or formula or whatever it is that you're doing, there's such a learning curve there mm-hmm. and the greatest of husbands don't totally understand mm-hmm. all of those factors. And especially if you've birthed a child, just like the body changes. Anyway, I just think that is such an overwhelming time. And then when you couple it with, um, the, the anxiety and depression, you can just feel really alone and you don't even have a, like a mom who's in a place mm-hmm. to support you through that. You know, so my mom had a cycle. So it'd be like three weeks on, two weeks off or something. She 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 nailed it down. I mean, she knew her cycle. 
and uh, she always re- was seeking help. She wasn't just sitting there. Mm. But during these times that she was doing good, she was the first person I told about my postpartum anxiety. She spoke so much wisdom into me um, about pastors that went through something similar to me, that Satan just pounced on them mm. and flooded their mind. And she was the one that told me about the scriptures. I have the mind of Christ. She would just pray it over me. And then my husband, Corey, honestly, he was so phenomenal. I told him what was going on. And he was, and he's like, oh yeah, I, I'm going through the same thing. But he, I know he wasn't, the way, you know, like, but the way he said it, it wasn't to take anything off of me, like not give me credit. It was to credit. normalize. It yeah. was to normalize me. And it just, he was, I mean, the way he was with me was so phenomenal. He would come home, he would take Lily and he's like, go for a run. Cause he knew that's what mm-hmm. helped me, you know, the endorphins and working out and getting outside and. I mean, he really, the Holy Spirit totally used him in my life. And, you know, I didn't isolate myself. That's one thing I've learned is when you keep things in the dark, that's where, that's exactly where he wants you. And so I spoke it out within a couple weeks. I think it was like week two. So it happened one week after. And then week two, I told my mom, I told my husband the next week, because I was like, he's going to think I'm nuts, and I'm hormonal, and all this stuff. And then I told my doctor the very next week. So I really, and I told a really good friend, too. So I just was like, get it out of me. And that's another thing. If you're going through something pretty dark or scary, or you're struggling with something, speak it to somebody. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as I did, the weight was so phenomenal that came Mm -hmm. off of me. I felt okay, I can do this. Now, I struggled with it for probably about a year. Um, It was on and off. After the fourth month, it really um, tapered down a lot, but they said you can get PTSD with this stuff, and it was true. Like, it would come back if little things would happen, and um, but story of redemption, I didn't get with Davis, so, Mm -hmm. um, which was awesome, because I told, I mean, we can't barter with God, but, and but I, I was like, I told my husband, if I don't get pregnant the first time, the second time, I'm not having another kid. And I got pregnant the first time. Oh my so goodness. I was like, we're going to adopt. But then I found out that you can get it with adoption too. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, okay, well, we're having a single kid. But mm-hmm. we have Davis and I went, oh my gosh, he's the best. He's so cute. And you he didn't experience really, all of that. Really, really cute. No, he is really no. cute. I had a, a big game plan. So, um... I don't, are we allowed to throw out doctors' names? Sure. Yeah. Okay, Andrea Kim was my psychiatrist, and she came up. She helped me come up with a game plan um, to help me, like, just before I had him. And I don't know if that's what it was or I was just so aware of my surroundings at that point. But um, I had somebody at my house watching, helping me with Davis for six weeks solid, so I got mm. great sleep. He started sleeping through the night at seven weeks. So literally, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yes, both my kids. I, I've been very blessed there. But so I just had a game plan and I stuck with it and I had a professional help me. And uh, I don't know, I think, I guess it worked. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I hope. Well, I mean, it just it doesn't sound like I think there's been um, people feel shame when they're walking through that. Mm-hmm. And that makes them keep it in the dark, as with, you know, lots of other issues. Um, but it sounds like you did not allow that to be a foothold. Like you, you stepped in front of that and like, well, the Holy Spirit raised her. The Holy Spirit raised her her and he said, you know what? You gotta, you gotta bring this into the light, girl. Bring it into the light. Let me speak the truth over this. Yes. So, and then I started doing research on it and a lot of people struggle with it. Like I went to a Christian counselor and 
she had no idea. I actually started sharing her the statistics and she was blown away about how many women struggle with this. And this, the blogs that I read of Christian women, it was sad. It was really sad. So I think it's really important to talk about it. I mean, you heard of Christian women like suicide and things like that. And I was like, we need to talk about it because there shouldn't be any shame in that. I mean, it's not who we are and it's not, it does not define us and we're normal, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I, I think, I mean, I think to some degree that that first child for lots of women, whether it meets like that clinical definition or not, mm-hmm. is so hard. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I told you, and I may have told it on the podcast about with Lydia, I, I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown because mm-hmm. I was having her sleep in the room because I thought I was like a, like a Dr. Sears kind of mom. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, <laughs> yeah. I thought I was an attachment parenting kind of mom. So uh-huh. I had her like sleeping in the room with me mm-hmm. and I would just lay there at night waiting to nurse her. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep because I was just like, as soon as she made a peep, because nothing seemed worse than me than being woken up from sleep. Mm-hmm. So I would just not go to sleep and mm-hmm. I would just lay in bed and every time she moved, I would nurse her. Mm-hmm. And my friend Tanya, who at the time had a five-month-old child, she had two older kids and a five-month-old child. She said, get on a plane and come. Mm-hmm. And I went to, uh, with a five-month-old, or a five-week-old. She had a five-month-old. I had a five-week-old. Mm-hmm. She said, get on a plane and come. And I, I, I went to South Carolina, and I stayed for eight days. And that girl kept my baby in her room. The whole time. Mm. And only brought me Lydia when she actually needed to eat, yeah. which was twice. Mm. <laughs> and, I mean, saved me. Yeah. Saved me. It's mm. so true. And I think it's the Lydia, or who was your friend? Tanya. Name? Tanya. It's those friends, like, I had two friends that shared their stories with me, and I tell them to this day, if they didn't share that before I had Lillian... I don't know what would have happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like, they saved my life, is what I said, because they shared their story. And I hope I can be like your friend one day, um, you know, to help somebody that's oh, struggling. Yeah. When And then she told me, she said, when you go home, you put that baby in her room, mm-hmm. and when she wakes up, you make Kyle go get her so you don't hate him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm only like, yes, you make yes. She's She's like, I don't care. Like, you know, yes. I know he doesn't need to wake up when you wake up and da 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 da. She's yep. like, you make him get her, you make him change his, change her diaper and bring her to you because if you are not alone in it, you will feel so much better. And yes. she was right. So, so true. true. So, such a wise friend. She was. Yeah. As opposed to me wanting to consider. I don't want to say murder, that might be overstating it, but something in, along that line when Kaylin would wake up after a terrible night and be like, man, it seemed like last night was pretty good. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I will actually kill you. <laughs> that was five times. Yeah. No, you said yes. you had one, you had three. That was so three. there's two wrapped up in Oh, two like wrapped one, up into three. They okay. happened in one season. Uh, one fell swoop. Uh, one, yes. Oh, yeah, it was the tsunami. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The it, tsunami of God showing up and kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. He Pulling you through. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we've talked about what do you feel like your spiritual gifts are and how do you use them in the church? Gosh. So right now my season, I'm like, what are they? I think <laughs> I just, I'm in this season where I'm busy and I'm a little overwhelmed. Um, my family and I are going through like this little trial that just happened about three weeks ago. And so now I'm really like, okay, what do I do right now? Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
I don't, maybe inspiring women. That's what my husband says I'm good at. I mean, I have friends that say I'm really good with words if they're going through a struggle or something. Um, my mom thinks I should be in middle school ministry. You know, so right now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. You know, I feel like I am. I'm com- very compassionate, and I'm, I have a lot of empathy. Um, so. I've been asked to start the moms group and I have, I've worked on it and then the summer hit and it's just been like, okay, Mm -hmm. whoa, this is a lot for me. Two really crazy kids. And, um, so I do have, I formed a little team to help me do that. So we need to get back on that. So maybe inspiring moms, like to help new moms or anything like that. Um, it sounds like you have a gift of encouragement. Yes. I love to encourage. I love to be, I, there's nothing more that I love than authenticity. Is that the right word? Authenticity. authenticity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but close. people that are authentic. And mm-hmm. so I think um, just calling people to be real and authentic with each other too, I think um, is important. So just creating a safe space for people. I think um, I've met so many wonderful women at DBC and I've seen nothing but that. And it's been so refreshing just to see women be real. Like, Christian women, you know, I, in the past I've seen that we have to look a certain way or be a certain way. And so I, I think DBC brings this real, like we're real and we struggle, but mm-hmm. we love Jesus and we love you, you know? So, um, and I think you embody that really well. The times you. that you've opened up your home and you really, I, I mean, when people are walking in, you celebrate the people that are there and they sense that. Oh, that's um, sweet. So I think okay. that is Thank certainly you. your giftedness. Thank you. Well, I yeah, have... we saw that last year when you, um, you saved me <laughs> when we had our, our Enneagram study, which was our, you and I second study together. Yes. But, um, we, if, if their group was too big for my living room and, I uh, and you, and you opened your home to us mm-hmm. that the whole summer so that we could fit all those people without squinching. Mm-hmm. Was it, yeah, with Davis and the, Yes, with a new baby yes. and a, a four-year-old, and I loved that study. I think we cry, all cried like every time. It was just so. I'm <laughs> pretty sure it. I did. But. My dark heart didn't. That's just how I. <laughs> well, made. you didn't know what you were for a while. You kept right. teeter tottering. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that study. I still love the Enneagram. Me too. I'm not old. I'm not over it. Oh, I'm so far from over it. I don't think you'll ever be over it. No, Jess. I don't. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's my, I'm on a journey. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Love it. Well, do you have a big ask prayer? Well, I, the little trial that we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already see. I've saw the fruit in it from day one, which is phenomenal. Uh, it's just something that's um, just kind of hard to walk through. Everybody's mm-hmm. health is okay. Just so everybody knows, everybody's mm-hmm. okay, healthy. We're, we have our health, everything like that. So it's just that I am. The mom and the wife that just beams the Lord for my family. Mm-hmm. Like, that I can be that person in light for them. Because um, I think that's what I'm supposed to be right now. Uh, mm-hmm. When it, everything kind of happened, I remember it hit me. I was like, okay, Lauren, your strength has got to go up a notch now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but again, I've had so such wonderful people surround me in this already. Laura, you texted, check on me, and um, a group of girls one time, a group of girls that I have at DBC, they said, "Hey, you be strong for your family, we'll be strong for you," and it was just the sweetest thing. And 
Uh, but we're, we've been okay. And again, like I said, we've already seen God's fruit for it, but just to pray over our family in this current season would be mm-hmm. awesome. Just to keep trusting in God's goodness, Mm -hmm. to keep trusting in God's provision, to keep trusting in his wisdom and his timing. Yes, all of the above, please. I have very little doubt that you will do that well. I think you already are. It's, you know, it's, um, I think for Corey, like, it's actually been kind of amazing to watch us because we haven't really gone through a struggle as a couple because when I was going through the postpartum it was my struggle Mm -hmm. you know even though we're married we've gone through a lot of individual struggles I don't know about y'all but we've never really had like this marriage struggle and so now it's it's not even like a marriage struggle right but something that y'all are walking walking through together you know like the postpartum I felt like I was walking through by myself but the mom thing even though he was walking beside me with both I felt like it was something that I was having to conquer, you know, and all these things. But now it's something that we're hand in hand going, conquering and praying together and all this stuff. So, um, so I think I'm kind of excited to see what God does Mm -hmm. through this. At first I have not been able to say that. Everybody else has said that for me, but now I can say that, you know, okay, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what happens here. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes. And then. Where God is calling us, you know, or me, um, as far as where he wants me, you know, because again, like I said, in this season, I feel like sometimes my mind and thoughts get like kind of cloudy, you know, so this would be my only two, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, those are great. And we can definitely (laughs) pray with you. Yes, we will. Yes, we will happily pray those things for you. you. Well, Lauren, we're so excited that you came on tonight. It's been fun to get to interview you. I think Laura and I both know you pretty well mm-hmm. and and just love you. But it's, it's fun to get to share you with the greater mm-hmm. DBC audience and beyond because, yeah. you know, I think we have 15 listeners now. I think we're coast to coast. Oh, yes. <laughs> coast to coast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming yes, on. Yes, it was fun. I'm glad we did it. Yes, me too. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. We hope you join us next time. Bye.